It's the Cannabis Hour. Marijuana smoking, experts point out, can make a helpless addict of its victim within weeks, causing physical and moral ruin and death. The first legally sold marijuana here goes to an Iraqi war veteran. A new insurance study out this week looked at car crashes in several states that allow the use of recreational marijuana. Barry Peterson. You're a doc. You've studied this. You've talked to the researchers. You're saying marijuana can kill cancer cells. Who taught you how to do this stuff? You, all right? I learned it by watching you. Marijuana is illegal under federal law. States have legalized recreation. It's no wonder you can't open your eyes. What do you expect doping yourself up with this wrong stuff? What do you know about pot? All right, good morning. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Cannabis Hour. I'm your host, Jen Procacci. I've got a great show for you today. We're going to be discussing some upcoming community events here in Mendocino County um, that are connected to our cannabis community. And before we get started with that, and before I introduce our great guests for today, I just have a few announcements. Um, First off, I want to let everyone know who is listening that after my program concludes, we will continue on to portraits in jazz as per usual. But after that program, starting at 12 p.m., KZYX will be giving live coverage to the Senate hearings. So that will preempt the rest of the programming until that concludes later today. I also want to let everyone know that KZYX Mendocino Community Radio is going to host a new programmer orientation training at the Philo Studio. Aspiring DJs are invited to learn about radio production. That's going to be Saturday, July 9th from 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. at the KZYX Philo Station. That's 9300 Highway 128 in Philo. And it costs nothing. It is free. So Community Radio for Mendocino County KZYX is hosting a free public radio orientation and training on Saturday, July 9th from 1 to 4 p.m. at the KZYX studio in Philo. All our local music and public affairs shows such as this one are produced by volunteer DJs. The new programmer orientation is an opportunity to find out about community radio and learn some of the practical on-air production skills to host a program on KZYX, which I can tell you is very, very fun and fulfilling. KZYX is also always looking for new programmers who have a passion for music or a different point of view. Everyone is invited, even those that are not interested in being on the air, but perhaps are interested in behind the mic skills like engineering and production. Come meet members of the KZYX staff, learn how to operate the soundboard in the KZYX studio and plug into your local community radio station. Please register in advance by calling KZYX's program director, Alicia Bales at 707-895 2324 or email pd at kzyx.org. The training is free, all ages are welcome, and no prior radio experience is required to participate. So if you listen to KZYX and you are curious about having a radio show, 
I totally encourage you to attend that training and find out a little bit about what it's all about. All right, my next announcement is a press release from Mary Jane Oatman. You might remember her. She is the founder of THC Magazine, as well as an indigenous cannabis cultivator. She was on the show about six weeks ago. And this press release is about um, tribes urging the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs to address discriminatory obstacles hindering tribal economic development in cannabis. And it's from last week, June 17th. So on June 17th, the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs held a listening session to hear comments from tribal leaders their designees and other experts from native communities on tribal cannabis commerce and related equities. The virtual listening session was well attended with over a hundred tribal cannabis advocates and experts speaking on behalf of concerns as well as solutions to ensuring tribal communities greatly impacted by the war on drugs are not left out of federal decriminalization efforts by Congress. Jennifer Romero, Staff Director and Chief Counsel to Senate Committee on Indian Affairs Chairman Brian Schatz, opened the Cannabis in Indian Country listening session, framing an evolving political and economic landscape for tribes. The feedback was guided by four questions provided to tribal stakeholders ahead of time. Romero stated that due to the overwhelming response to the listening session, participant comments were limited to three minutes. The bipartisan listening session lasted nearly two hours with committee staff encouraging written comments by July 8th. Staff representatives introduced themselves and included counsel and policy advisors for Senator Schatz and Senator Murkowski's offices. The listening session started with a glitch as a few of the participants encountered technical issues with audio, but ended with many of the participants being allowed to speak beyond the allocated three minutes. The overriding theme for the session started with and ended with a theme of non-interference with tribal cannabis economies, transportation, and regulation at the federal, state, and local level. Seneca Nation Council member Josh Jimerson and Tribal Attorney Lee Redeye provided the opening remarks and comments and the nation's position on cannabis decriminalization. According to Redeye, the Seneca Nation holds a unique position in Indian country, with the Seneca Nation having, quote, absolute and exclusive title to its lands, as recognized by treaty between the Seneca Nation and the United States government. With this position and legal foundation, the Seneca Nation sees cannabis compacting with the state of New York as a violation of the 1795 Canada-Canadiagua Treaty. I probably mispronounced that, unfortunately. The autonomy of tribes, free from state intervention or federal language mandating any authority in cannabis development, was brought up by many of the speakers. Several of the comments were related to protections for nation-to-nation -nation transportation and included references to current federal language in the 2018 Farm Bill related to transportation and state non-interference. Reinstatement of the Cole Memorandum was also mentioned by several participants, including Mississippi Choctaw Band of Indians, Don Kilgore, who serves as counsel to the council. 
Kilgore stated the tribe had reached out to the United States Attorney General and Biden administration, requesting that they reinstate the memorandums, rescinded under former Attorney General Sessions, but had not heard back from them yet. That would be a big help for us in addressing the federal concerns about cannabis on reservation lands. Frank DeMoli, an attorney and judge for Santa Clara Pueblos for the past 26 years, sent his regards on behalf of Governor Chaveria, who was on travel. DeMoli commented that the Santa Clara Pueblo does not participate in any form of cannabis legalization because, quote, Santa Clara Pueblo does not want to step into the legal quicksand right now. DeMoli requested that the committee enact legislation ending the discriminatory practices of the U.S. for possession, use, and sale of marijuana within Indian country. Quote, all of these promises about not prosecuting, any judge or attorney knows they do not hold water. It's very nice, but they can't be used as a defense. So apparently, right now, the DOJ's unwritten policy is to ignore the illegal possession, use, and sale of marijuana in the states. However, they do prosecute the citizens of Indian country for the same thing. And so we would like the committee to consider passing some kind of legislation to end this discriminatory prosecution. Mary Jane Oatman, executive director of the Indigenous Cannabis Coalition, ICANC, and member of the Nez Perce tribe, commented on the history of adversarial tribal state relationships in Idaho with concerns for the overarching political landscape that is opposed to tribal cannabis economic development. She stated that her tribe has not moved forward with cannabis due to fears of, quote, interference of state and federal agencies in Indian commerce in cannabis. Oatman provided comments for legislative solutions, stating, quote, we have many robust and compliant tribal operations that we need to look to. The biggest legislative solution that we have as our battle cry for the Indigenous Cannabis Coalition is de deference to tribal sovereignty and non-intervention and non-interference from states. We need to do everything that we can to keep states at an arm's length in cannabis economies because tribes know how to do these things for the public health and safety of our communities. Whitney Gravel, president of the Bay Mills Indian Community, introduced her tribe as being active participants in the state of Michigan and one of few tribal operators in the United States that functions without a state tribal cannabis compact in the operation of Northern Lights Cannabis Company. Quote, Bay Mills Indian Community licenses, regulates, and oversees the operation of our facility as a sovereign nation. It is extremely important that tribal nations are treated with respect because we are more than capable of regulating cannabis, just as much as we regulate many of the other complex legal jurisdictional schemes within our reservations. She mentioned transportation and taxation concerns, as well as the existence of federal Indian case law that determines taxation that could be addressed in cannabis reform. Gravel mentioned another concern hindering tribal participation stating that, quote, many tribal agencies go through great hurdles to achieve their SLEC cards, and those should not be threatened to be taken away or jeopardized 
because their tribal nation has decided to engage in economic diversity and support their tribal operations by entering the cannabis industry. Jill Wheaton Abraham, a member of the Kootenai tribe of Idaho and owner of Medical Grade Incorporated, and one of the first Native women owned and licensed hemp farms in the U.S., and business owner with over two decades of experience, spoke about how she has to live and operate her business 550 miles away from her tribal community because of the hostile views on cannabis in Idaho. She stated that the greatest barrier to safe and legal cultivation and transportation of raw cannabis and cannabis products by tribes is the current Schedule 1 listing, quote, by misrepresenting cannabis as a dangerous substance with a high potential for abuse and no medical use, creating a huge educational gap in tribes, considering any kind of cannabis business simply because the Schedule 1 listing mischaracterizes the plant. Wheaton Abrahams also spoke about the need for banking solutions as small business owners and marginalized groups face great obstacles in trying to operate legitimate cannabis businesses. Quote, federal funding for small businesses like mine who practice sustainable regenerative agricultural methods. As tribal communities get into farming cannabis, I would like to see less emphasis on large scale industrial farming practices which promotes soil erosion and soil degradation, water loss and contamination, and more of an emphasis on soil building methods. So that concludes the press release from Mary Jane Oatman about the Senate Committee on Indian Affairs um, listening session. And I want to thank Mary Jane for sending that to me and for keeping us updated on what is going on with cannabis in Indian country. It's something that we all need to support and be very aware of. So with that done, I want to move on to introducing my wonderful guests for this morning. I have the wonderful Tracy Pellar from Mendocino Producers Guild, and she is also the owner and operator of McLovin Farms. And I have the amazing Nikki Lestretto from Mendocino Cannabis Alliance and Swami Select. Um, Tracy and Nikki, would you like to say hello? Tracy, do you want to go first? Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Nikki, you want to go ahead and say hi? Well, it's hard, pretty hard to top Tracy's cheery good morning, I have to say, but hello, everybody. <laughs> Love from the Mendocino Highlands. That's where we are. We're over here in the inland part of the county. Yay. Good morning to you both. And thank you so much for joining me. So first, we're going to be discussing the awesome Mendocino Producers Guild Farmers Markets for June and July with Tracy. And then after that, um, Nikki is going to tell us all about the historical craft farmers auction that is upcoming. And then we're going to be joined by the wonderful Swami, and we're going to talk all about Nikki and Swami's journey in the Emerald Triangle. So, all right, Tracy, do you want to give our listeners the 411 on what is going on with the market that is coming up this weekend? It's in just two days. It's on Saturday, the 25th of June. And then we have another awesome one in July. What's up with that? Yes. What's up with that? I know. It's so exciting. Um, yes, we are going to be cracking open another market here. Um, so, it's Saturday 
at 44550 Willis, W-I-L-L-I-S Avenue in Laytonville. Um, and we open at 10 and we're closing around five. Last call will be around 420 or 420 toast. Um, and at our market, what I'm really finding to be fun is that local ladies, there was a Laytonville Medicine Guild and they're coming with their CBD medicine too. And they'll be in the other vending area. So we're going to be having, we have a kids zone. We've got delicious food. Um, t- um, Terry. Nikki is doing our food. It's going to be um, a home, like a, a locally sourced barbecue um, and a vegetarian option. And we have tacos and we have Mediterranean food. We have jewelry. We have art. And we have cannabis. Um, and so we'll have about 20, about 23, 20 to 23 uh, farmers there. And uh, the prices are unbelievable. And we'd all love to see. Oh, and the lounge. And we have an amazing lounge done by MCA. Um, they've got all, you know, all the farmers. The farmers are the ones that put all this together. We have, as you know, no money. Nobody has any money. So everybody's just putting their, the attitude of our farmers is amazing. Like, I wish somebody could just document these amazing people with nothing and being beaten over and over and over again, yet show up again and again and again for the good of all. And um, they bring it. They really bring it. So we're bringing, you know, lounges, you know, there'll be, I mean, you know, not lounges, but, you know, you know, chairs and couches to enjoy your smoke and, uh, and lots of fun. Yes, it's totally awesome. I encourage everyone that is listening to attend. It's totally free. It's almost like a little festival. And you get to meet your local farmers and enjoy purchasing their beautiful cannabis. And there's also many non-cannabis items as well. There's um, food. You know, many of our farmers grow vegetables as well. So we have farm products for sale, food, lotions, things like that. There are arts for sale or art art pieces, excuse me. Um, there's also many great artists and crafts people there selling all, all manner of beautiful decorative items as well. Um, there's something for everyone. And it's really just a great welcoming atmosphere and like fun little party environment. And yes, it is amazing how everyone comes together to um, really bring their best for this great and wonderful mm-hmm. event every month and tracy i wanted to ask you um you know you sort of started the farmer's market series along with nick over there at mendo distro what was the inspiration for you guys to start this this summer well we had one last summer but yeah talk about the inspo behind this oh my gosh well this story is pretty fun um mendocino producers guilds was started actually years ago and nikki probably remembers um we worked with uh when we started doing mcia and the the idea of the producers guild is not only about cannabis but it's about our wool our wine and we have beautiful textiles here the way our producers are i mean a gallon cider we produce some of the highest quality goods in the world i think um and so the guild was going to showcase that and have hopefully worldwide markets live markets so when um i was a realtor for a second this piece of property came up for sale and i was like nick hey and so nick the awesome awesome nick um who is totally farmer friendly i mean he's one of the 
best distros I've ever, I mean, he's just the best anyway. So he bought the property and I was like, dude, we so could do markets here. It's, it's a beautiful Oak woodland piece. And then we did. Um, I also helped Tim with the cannabis markets, but, um, back then at area one Oh one, but then it's, it's akin to that, but the producers markets are about all producers, all Mendocino producers and crafters and really getting out best practices. Watershed were very environmentally, you know, uh, it was started with activism. Mendocino Producers Guild is almost like an, a, a movement. Not it's, it's more than a market. It's a movement. And um, showing ourselves off in the way that we, you know, grow respectfully with regards to the land, the water, and our communities and sustainability. So it's the place to showcase. And then Nick being uh, open and receptive was all about it. He's put in so much of his own personal money to help the markets go as far as, you know, paying for people to weed whack and mow and um, just getting the place ready, uh, insurance, all of that stuff. And then the farmers, we did the rest. You know, we just needed a place to be able to do some direct sales and meet the people. And that's what people love is to meet the farmers. Uh, Jen, I wanted to say something else, too, about Saturday. Saturday is also, if people are wondering, isn't that Kate Wolf? It is Kate Wolf. And so this is completely compatible with Kate Wolf. So you can go, you can go to Kate Wolf. You can go to the market. It's like easy breezy. Um, it's a both kind of thing. Just wanted to say that put it in there awesome yes great so that will be i think an even better market this um weekend we'll have perhaps more attendees because of the crossover with kate wolf so that's really exciting and with there's something special going on for the market in july is that right tracy yes you want the to market in july it? Yes, of course. Um, so the market in July, we are also having in uh, at the same time, the Shred Fest for the skate park is happening right down the street. So all of Willis Avenue is going to be just alive with awesome, fun people. So we've got tricks happening. So the skate park, they, they have to have an annual fundraiser for their insurance. Uh, to pay for their insurance. So we're going to be having bands over there and, and uh, be, uh, beer and wine garden over there and awesome skate tricks. And then down the road, we're going to be having the smoking lounge and food and, um, and more fun. So they're definitely um, collaborative and complementary with each other. So that is going to be so fun. That is awesome. All right. So that is this Saturday from 10 to 4-ish, 5-ish at uh, Mendo Distro in Laneville. Come on down, eat a yummy pizza, smoke a dube, and connect with your community members. We will all be there hanging out. And uh, I can't say enough about the great positive vibe, um, you know, is at these markets. It's just really uplifting relaxing beautiful time so come on down it's free you know you don't have to pay anything um you can just come be with your people it's really wonderful yeah it is i feel so the vibe is great and and i'm so excited about all the things and uh and i want to say also i have to leave but i just want to say that 
before I go that the auction is going to be beyond amazing too. And I'm so glad that you're talking about it, Jen, with Nikki and all of that that's going on. I really feel hopeful about the elevation of cannabis in Mendocino County, really educating people on the fine quality of, of craft. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a huge deal. It is. All right, Tracy, we will let you go. And thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us today to talk about the farmer's market and MPG. And we will segue on over to Nikki, who is going to tell us all about the inaugural and historic craft farmers auction that is coming up. Nikki, you want to tell us all about that? Yeah, great. Thank, thank you so much, Jen, for giving me this opportunity to speak about it. And thanks, Tracy, for the great update about the farmer's market, which is going to be a blast this weekend. We're going to finally have some nice warm weather. It feels like summer out there and it's just going to take off. So I hope to see you all there. Stop and pick up your smokes to take over to Kate Wolf or whatever. And can't wait to see you there. So then the next event coming up, which is a little slightly different twist, but you know, all in the name of, like Casey, Tracy was saying, promoting craft farmers up from up here and letting the world know the beautiful products that we create. Um, this is going to be, it's called the Mendocino Craft Farmers Auction, MCFA. One more acronym that starts with MC, but it's the MCFA, and that's going to be held on July 16th, starting at five o'clock in the evening at the beautiful Brambles event venue. And first and foremost, I have to say thank you so much to our gracious hosts, um, Jim Roberts and Brian Adkinson, that have donated the use of their amazing space over there under the Redwoods. It's just magical. And we have, um, what we'll have is people will arrive at like five o'clock, come to the welcome gate, you know, sign in. Um, and for the first couple hours, it'll be the silent auction. So tables will be set up with all kinds of incredible donations that we're receiving um, displayed on them. And while people, you know, walk around and wander and check out all of the goodies and place their bids on the little written bid cards for the silent auction, at the same time, they'll be sipping wonderful wine from our friend Tom Rodriguez's winery, Maple Creek Vineyards, which is actually right up the road from um, the Brambles, which is in Philo over in Anderson Valley. So it's all in that Anderson Valley region. So we'll be having wine from Maple Creek Vineyards, and then we'll have a, jo- a joint girl walking around, kind of like you know the old cigarette girl with the tray, but she's going to have some joints contributed um, from some of our uh, committee members, actually. So uh, Jens and Joss Chestnut from Lost Paradise Organics and Chia Rodriguez from Arcana are going to be donating some some uh, joints from their personal garden that are going to be available. And then after about a couple hours of that, we will have a beautiful meal served that um, of all kinds of food choices. There'll be vegan, vegetarian, and non-veg uh, chicken. And it should be really delicious. We have some great things on the menu. And it, it's the point of this is to be elegant. So the tables will be set out beautifully under the redwoods. 
you know, all decoed out nicely. Um, Michael Katz, who is the executive director of MCA, as you know, is going to be our MC for the evening, which should be lots of fun because we all know Michael can be totally hilarious. And so that we'll have this supper. And then at the end of the supper, as we go into dessert, that's when our auctioneer, Johnny Basolo, will get up on the stage. And Johnny is a an amazing guy from Sonoma County who is an auctioneer specifically for charity um, causes. And that's the next thing I really want to get to talking about here is this is not an event to make money for the farmers. This is an event for the farmers to give back to the community. And this year, we are going to be donating the proceeds from this auction to the Redwood Community Services Mental Health Crisis Program. So this is an outreach program that's open 24-7 that we know personally has benefited so many people in our county. They do great work. They're located in Ukiah in our county and also in Fort Bragg. They have an office. And like I say, they're just always on hand to help people in need. And we feel very, very honored to be able to help them out any way we can. So all of the proceeds, like I say, after our expenses, will be going to them. In a way, this is just to let you a little background. You know, the idea for this auction came to me from the Napa Valley Wine Auction, basically. And, you know, that's an event that's gone on for decades now. And they've raised millions and millions of dollars for charities over in Napa County. And I figured, why can't we do that here in Mendocino County? And at the same time, it's kind of, you know, a double whammy, a triple whammy, really, because not only are we helping Redwood Community Services, we're helping the county of Mendocino. Visit Mendocino, our uh, local tourism board, is very, very 100% behind us supporting this event, which is a huge step. And I want to really thank them because they are just kind of starting to come onto the world of recognizing the cannabis can bring tourists to this county and help make money for this county and help raise awareness about what a beautiful county it is. So they realize that through an auction like this is an opportunity to bring in people from all across the, I mean, we have people flying in from other states, actually, but all kinds of people are going to be coming to this. So it's really a way to raise awareness about Mendocino County. And then obviously the third thing that it's really great for is, is it's raising awareness about cannabis farmers in Mendocino and the high quality of the products that we produce, the craft farmers. So it's really, you know, a very much a win-win all around. So back to the schedule of the event. After um, after uh, the main course, we have the dessert, which includes the live auction. So that's where I'd left off, and that's going to be lots of fun. So that's where we get really excited, and everybody's you know flipping up their paddles and doing the whole thing. And that'll last for probably about an hour, and then the night will be closed up with um, our very own Mo uh, Ramirez, also known as DJ Mo Magic, and she's going to be spinning some music for us to have some little dancing out there under the redwoods and the stars on a beautiful, warm July evening in the Anderson Valley of our beloved Mendocino County. So that about wraps it up, except for one very, very important part. And I know I haven't stopped talking, Jen. If you have anything to say, please just butt in and ask me. I, I get so excited talking about this, you can't shut me up, actually. Um, is um, the way this is working is a little different. And I've been working with uh, Omar Figueroa, who's helped us out pro bono to give us some guidance on how to do this correctly. Because the thought was to make this really special, 
the farmers are contributing cannabis only from their private personal gardens, which we're calling their private reserve. So what that means is, say somebody comes in and bids on um, a farmer donation, such as uh, a tour of their farm. Or it might be that they are giving a restaurant because they own a restaurant too. Somebody can have supper in their restaurant. Or it might be that they're giving something that's um, made from animals on their farm. They spun this beautiful blanket or something. And, you know, things that are locally handcrafted things, all kinds of things they're giving from all levels of donations, like from things that are very affordable to things that are, wow, that's amazing. Like uh, four days at a Jamaican hotel or a time in Costa Rica at this beautiful, beautiful resort area, um, all kinds of things. And so what happens is, is, so say somebody bids on something that comes from one of the farmers along with that. And I'm going to read the exact wording that we've come up with, with Omar. Generous donors should not be surprised if their generosity is matched by growers who want to share from their private reserve. So what that means in pure English is that you bid, I'm just going to put a number out there, you bid 250 bucks on something or other that you're getting, right? But then that farmer also, as an extra surprise, would like to share with you because you've been so generous. They would like to be generous back. And they would like to share with you some of the cannabis that they grew in their personal garden. And the meaning of this is, and the purpose, that... We do not have to have distributors on site. We do not have to have a retailer on site. And we are not paying taxes because they're not buying that cannabis. They're buying what the auction item is. This is a shared extra special present, special shared generous offering from the farmer. Now, not all of the all of the donations come from farmers. So there certainly are probably at least half of the items do not come along with some sort of sharing. Um, which is fine as well, because there's just amazing things to bid on. And then we'll have lots of farmers there as well to meet these people that are coming up from the Bay Area and Southern California and across the whole country so that they get that chance to actually meet Mendocino craft farmers who will be sprinkled around at the tables for them to get to know them. So it's it's a new way of thinking outside the box, which is something I love to do. Let's find that loophole and fill it and in a way that's going to make everybody happy and everybody benefit. And the fact that this is a charity auction, not at all making money for the farmers, is our way of saying to the community, we're giving back to the community and we love what we do. This is not a time to be talking about we're having a hard time. This is a time to just be talking about the glories of craft cannabis grown in Mendocino County. Whew. Okay. That didn't stop for a while there. What do you got to ask me about it, Jen? Sorry, I went on for so long. Oh, no, it was perfect, Nikki. It's a beautiful event. I'm so excited. I love hearing how passionate you are about it. And I think it's just going to be so extremely special. I absolutely cannot wait for this to happen. And I do have a couple of questions that came up. And one of them was just, when did you start, uh, when did this idea start percolating around? You know, how long has this been in the works for? You know, honestly, Jen, it's been in my brain for probably six years, probably since we started MCPC, the <clears throat> Mendocino Cannabis Policy Council, way back in 2014. 2014. I've been wanting to do this because I've been observing the Napa <clears throat> Valley Wine Auction and how well that has gone and how it attracts um, some 
for lack of a better word, pretty classy people from the Bay Area, et cetera, and has really made that such the premier wine growing region. And I would like to be able to say that Mendocino County is the premier cannabis growing region. So it's been in my mind for a long time. And then this year just seemed like this is the time. This is the time to do it. And I asked uh, Jim and Brian over at Bohemian Chemist, and they so generously agreed. I put the idea out there to a few people. A committee was formed. MCA and MPG are supporting us tremendously on this. The information about the auction can be found on the MCA website. So if you go to... um, mendocannabis.com and go to their event page um the, so it's just mendocannabis.com super easy that's the mcfa page and go to their events page and it'll pop right up and you can read all about it um and then you can also get tickets i should probably get that information in there so for people that would like to come to this inaugural event that's going to you know you're going to be able to say you were at the first one is a big deal um because i'm sure these will continue the what you do is we have an eventbrite page that you can go to to buy your tickets tickets are 200 dollars a person and do remember that this is a charitable cause that this is going to and um thank you very much to mcfa and to mpg for helping us set this whole thing up and so on the eventbrite page i what you can do is you can send me an email. This is how it's working because this is a, quote, private invitation-only event. And what that means is you send me an email and I send you the information about how to get on that link. Or you know what? I kind of also feel like this whole show is an invitation to people to get that link. And I could share that with you right now as well. Um, But so you can either write to me, which would be Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, J like John, I like India, and the word turtle. That's so it's N I K K I J I T U R T L E at gmail.com. And I will send you information about the link to get onto the site to buy your tickets. Or you can go directly to the Eventbrite page, which is a little bit more to say on the radio, um, the whole thing. So I think it's easier you just write to me and I send that to you and get you that link to get the tickets. I'd also like to say if you are a farmer out there that would like to participate, um, either with a donation or just to come to the event, we are offering half price tickets to farmers from Mendocino County. So just let me know that as well. And we'll put you on that special list as well. Wonderful, Nikki. Thank you for sharing all those contact details. Oh, this is just going to be so special. I cannot wait. And I wanted to ask a little bit about how you identified um, the organization that you're going to be supporting the, I don't remember Mm -hmm. the whole name of it, but the crisis line, which I think is so great. And I feel like it's um, a good moment to mention just the history of altruism in our cannabis community here you know there's we all know you know growers who donate to the local softball team who support families that are in need it's always sort of happened under the radar in our cannabis community because of the nature of how we had to sort of be hidden so it's so wonderful to be able to have this event and really do it totally out in the open so could you talk a little bit about how you identified that crisis line and um, maybe you could say a little bit more about the services they offer to our mendocino county community certainly yeah and and yeah amen the more we can give back to the community the better um the redwood community services is 
Um, we discovered them because a couple of people on our committee uh, for the auction have actually either known somebody that used it or had somebody you know close to them that used it. And what that means is it's a service that for anybody, if you've got you know drug or substance abuse issues, if you feel like you're suicidal, if you feel that somebody you know has those issues and you need to know how to deal with them, um, if, you know, all of these kinds of things, there's so many reasons. People right now just, you know, monetary issues, people having to lose their places where they live or not having enough money to pay these uh, crazy inflationary prices we're looking at right now. Any of these issues that you know, are putting them on the edge of homelessness, for example, and sending them into depression, they can call this hotline at any hour of the day and somebody will always be there to help talk to them. You can go in person as well to talk to the people at at the crisis response centers. And like I said, they have one office in Ukiah and one in Fort Bragg. They also have a place in Lake County as well. Um, And they're just really great people. Swami and I went down and met them about a couple weeks ago, and they have a beautiful office and just such kind, open-hearted people that are really donating you know, good out of their hearts to help out with these important, important causes, because let's face it, we all know that there's a lot of people in need all across our county. We see them on the streets. We just know that it's out there. We read it in the newspapers, anything we can do to help prevent things from getting out of hand. And that's what they're doing. Get it at the root of the cause. Um, So we feel this is very, very important. And for, you know, us in the cannabis community, especially to be helping with the mental health issues, it just kind of makes sense because you know we might happen to believe the cannabis can even help with some mental health issues and while they can't exactly prescribe that at the redwood community services it's nice that we're able to extend that knowledge um that they were able to offer as well so no it's great they're great people it's wonderful to be helping them out that is great nikki thank you for sharing a little bit about that organization it sounds like they are filling a need for sure in our community and so important that we support them so is there anything else Mm -hmm. you want to say about the auction before we move on to talking about you and swami (laughs) well um just I hope you can come and join us because it's just going to be super, super special. I don't think anyone's ever seen it. You can read about it and uh, Forbes is going to be writing a story about it tomorrow. We're getting lots of press. We're really, really hoping that the word spreads around. So please share the word. And when you come to the farmer's market, we'll have some flyers there as well that we can give to you to remind you. So hope to see you there. Perfect. And if you need any more info on that, or maybe you didn't write down Nikki's email address or something like that, you can always reach out to me too. My email is kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. I'm always available to provide information about how to contact, um, you know, relevant guests on the show and stuff like that. So that's kzyxcannabishour at gmail.com. If you need me to forward you along to Nikki or you know, you forgot um, the hours for the MPG farmers market or anything like that, you can always reach out to me and I'll provide you with that info. All right. So do we have the wonderful Swami here with us as well? But we do. Oh yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I've been listening all the way. Oh, beautiful. (laughs) Hi, Swami. Thank you so much for joining us also. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I want to say we had fun at the uh, Emerald Cup down in Los Angeles on that panel with Janine and Michael Cass. That was good. 
<laughs> yes, it was wonderful. It was so fun, wasn't it? That was a such a beautiful weekend to remember. And we've got more great weird. We're just in this time where we have so much awesome stuff happening. You know, it's important to remember that um, things do feel challenging at this time, but we're still able to gather as a community and share these beautiful events. And that's really important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, also, I want to say that there's something about growing cannabis that is fulfilling. Now, we know the business and all that, and there's always kind of issues and so on. But just the act of actually growing the plant and seeing it, uh, seeing it develop and, and grow in your yard. Nikki's trying to get a, someone who's doing some weed whacking to <laughs> shut up. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's one of the really basic rewards we get, to be out in the garden in the sun, to hear the birds, to see the, the trees blossoming and the plants growing and so on. So we get feedback that way, and, and it really is. Uh, so that's where it all starts, with the love we have for the plant and how we you know put it in our surroundings and uh you know then we you know share it with people and it it brings joy to them so that's kind of the root of everything we really do so sorry about that prelimmer oh no it's (laughs) thank you yes swami you are totally on point with that and um you know that makes me want to ask you how long you've been cultivating cannabis for how long have you been having this fulfilling relationship in your life Well, actually, uh, Nikki and I both uh, lived, well, Nikki was born, grew up in San Francisco. I came to San Francisco in the summer of love in 1967. But I started growing my first crop uh, up on the hill in North Beach by Coy Tower in 1977 and 78. So, uh, you know, I grew like 15 plants there. And uh, it's kind of, I, I was subletting. So that's how I paid my rent by uh, giving cannabis to the guy who actually paid the rent. Uh, so, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. And then uh, I didn't grow for many years because uh, uh, Nikki and I were living in India and traveling all over the world and, uh, you know, seeing how other people grow it. Uh, and then we started uh, growing back here in Mendocino in 2004. Well, I actually started working with cannabis before that in Mendocino because I was true. working with Tim Blake starting around 2000. Yeah. Yes. So a little background for our listeners here. If you don't know Nikki and Swami personally, there's some very prominent members of our cannabis community. And something I like to do from time to time on the Cannabis Hour is sort of get these um, community members that we all know and love so much on the air and just ask them a little bit about their lives, you know, how they came here, how they got involved in the Emerald Triangle, you know, how it stole their hearts. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's for sure. Well, uh, we actually, the way way we got up to Mendocino is kind of curious. We were packing up uh, our house to sublet our house in San Francisco. Cut out. Oh, I'm sorry. Cut out. We somehow have a weak connection sometimes. You there, Jen? Yeah, just go ahead. Take it away. Whatever you were going to say. Well, yeah, well, we were packing up our house and we figured out where are we going to put all our we spent a year or so in India. We were subletting the house. And so for some reason, we, we found, uh, what was it, Pete's Power Wash and Storage in Ukiah. And we had all our stuff put there. I don't know why. It was just sort of the cheapest place. And so all of a sudden, our stuff was in, in, in Mendo while we were in India. And then Nikki mentioned our connection uh, with Tim Blake. Uh, well, well, let me talk about that more. <laughs> so um, 
That was, yeah. So that, and then we did live in India for most of the nineties, actually. But it was, I came back in 96 from India and started putting on psychedelic trance parties in San Francisco and the Bay Area, uh, producing them. And, um, that's a passion of mine, as well as creating sacred space and making these big altars at these parties and things like that. So that's what we I was doing. And eventually I needed a bigger place. I needed to put on overnight law, you know, big parties that um, I need. I just needed space and where I could do it outside and people could camp. And, you know, no one was really doing that kind of festival yet. This was in 98. And a friend of mine in San Francisco connected me with this old pal of his named Tim Blake, who had just bought this piece of land right on Highway 101 and didn't quite know what to do with it. And so I came up and saw this place that was, you know, it had been the old grocery store down there for years. And then after that, it sold um, basically, I think it was a bunch of guys making meth in trailers. It was a dump. And Area 101 is was not even called that at that point. It was just gravel. There was no grass. And it was kind of a scary looking place. But it was perfect to put on a big trance party. So we, I put on this big party, met Tim. Tim um, had never quite seen anything like that before and loved it. And so one thing led to another. And we kept putting on big parties there. And then I started bringing, I was still going back and forth to India quite a bit. And I was bringing back at that point, you know, not just nice little bronze statues, but one ton stone statues. While I actually lived on Telegraph Hill in San Francisco, I don't know what I was thinking, like, where am I going to put these? But I couldn't resist. And so Tim Blake let me put them there at Area 101. So first one in, there's this giant Shiva statue up above where the stage is now, and then the Ganesh statue, and then many, many more statues just kept coming in that I would bring into Area 101 as we created that whole space into a sacred celebration spot. And at the same time, as I got to know Tim, of course, Tim was very much a grower. Um, his wasn't growing on that property, but he had his other sites. And I started working with Tim on that specifically, you know, some of the cloning work, some garden work, but primarily harvest work and um, learning all about that and how to run a trim room, et cetera. So that's when I was really getting involved in the cannabis community starting around that time. And then Swami started coming back and forth every so often from India. He'd come for a month or so every year. And, and he got to know Tim and the whole group as well. And um, the parties at Area 101 got more and more mythic. And finally, it was just time. Like, we needed our own sanctuary because I kept buying these big statues. I have an icon addiction, I admit it. And um, so we lucked out. In 2003, we talked to a realtor in Laytonville. And he said, wow, this place just came on the market that, um, you know, it's an amazing spot and it is we, we're blessed to have an absolutely beautiful place up here on bell springs road in our own private little valley and we saw this place and said yep that's the one so the statues came with us and what we have now is not only a cannabis gardens but also a sanctuary very much so and you know we have little temples up here and it's very much um you know a place to we consider ourselves the stewards of the land, not the owners. You know, this is very sacred land. And we're very, very honored and blessed to be able to to caretake it, really, is what we're doing. So that, that's how we got up to Mendocino County and uh, proud of it. And then we got to go get all that stuff out of storage in Ukiah at Peach Power Wash <laughs> and actually move in, you know. <laughs> 
Al Pete's bringing in our future cannabis community members with your low, low storage rates. Thank you. <laughs> we certainly want with you too. <laughs> Swami, is there anything you wanted to add there? Um, well, actually, the, the Turtle Creek here, the ranch that we have, uh, is the result of a vision that I had many, many years ago in 1973 at the second rainbow gathering up in Wyoming. And after the ritual ceremony, as I was walking down the hill, a, 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 like a, a 35 millimeter color slide just popped into my third eye on my forehead and I saw uh, the, the ranch. But 30, it took 30 years later for we uh, when we finally found the ranch and the third visit out, I, I, I had a repeat of the same vision. So this was something that uh, somehow seemed to be, uh, well, uh, divinely inspired in a way. And somehow the cosmos wanted it to happen. And it took 30 years for me, because at that time when I had the vision, I wasn't Swami. I was just a hippie photographer artist. Uh, but after finding Turtle Creek and getting it going and setting up a community here. So it is a sanctuary, as Nikki mentioned. We do have yoga retreats. We have a little temple and many of the uh, sacred statues that we brought back, stone and so on, bronze and otherwise, are dotted around the landscape to remind people that there is a spirit. There is an essential energy within the land that rises up and we we have a, a statue there to remind people to behold the sacred and 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 keep it keep it keep it close to your heart. Mm. <clears throat> right, that is beautiful. And would you say that your relationship with cannabis is sort of a spiritual relationship for you as well? <clears throat> well, for me, it is. But it, it, it basically, uh, I got to San Francisco in the summer of love in 1967. Uh, and of course, uh, cannabis was very much a part of it. Uh, and along with uh, other psychedelics, particularly LSD and LSD, see what people don't quite understand about LSD. If you've never been involved in it opens the door to a witnessing of, of spirit in, in the world. It's not something abstract or reading or whatever. It's totally in the world. And the spirit is actually the only real constant in the world. And you can tap into it anywhere and any time. And so that's what uh, becoming a Swami in India what opened the, my realization to that. Uh, and, uh, you know, that the spirit floods everything and, and floods your consciousness if you let it. And so that's what we celebrate here. And that's cannabis is one of those things that opens your doors a perception to enable you to witness this, the spirit, the divine. He also calls it the everyday psychedelic. Oh, yes. I like that. That's wonderful. The everyday psychedelic, Nikki says. Well, we have just three minutes left here. I've loved, <laughs> I've loved learning a little bit about both of you. And I want to thank you so much for sharing your history and your story with us. If you're in the cannabis community in Mendocino, you know, you see Nikki and Swami at every event. They help MC the Emerald Cup every year. They're just really involved in our community. So I just want to say thank you to both of you for your tireless efforts in our community to just lift us up and be wonderful community members. So thanks to both of you. Uh, 
Oh, thanks to you, Jen. You do so much for our community, and we really, really appreciate it, everything that you do to help spread the word and support us. It's yeah. millions of times. And we want to thank the cannabis community for welcoming us in. <clears throat> yes. Uh, and just you know, helping us be part of it and just being supportive all the way through and just the people up here are just so wonderful and you know been doing this for so long and we've had to do it in secret and now we're out in public and you just want to share the love beautiful all right we've got just two minutes left here so i'm going to share the info for the farmer's market really quick and then nikki if you don't mind sharing your email address again and the date for the auction so the farmer's market okay. that's going to be this Saturday, that is June 25th from 10 to 4 to 5-ish at 44550 Willis Avenue in Laytonville. And it is free to enter. If you would like information on the web, you can check out, um, I believe, let's see, it is Mendocino Producers Guild. That's G-U-I-L-D guild.org, Mendocino Producers Guild.org. All right, Nikki, you want to give out your email and the dates for the auction one more time? Sure. The Mendocino Craft Farmers Auction will be held July 16th at the Brambles in Philo and Anderson Valley, uh, starting at 5 o'clock. And to get tickets information or donation information, contact me at Nikki, N-I-K-K-I-J, like John, I like India. So N-I-K-K-I-J-I, turtle. T-U-R-T-L-E at gmail.com. All right. Thank you both. And thanks to our listeners. Up next, we have portraits in jazz. But then starting at 12 p.m., remember, we will be going to live coverage for the Senate hearings. So thank you, Nikki and Swami. Thanks, Tracy, who joined us earlier. Thanks to everyone that tuned in. I'll be back two weeks from today. And until then, I hope you have a beautiful day. Take care. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can go to kzyx.org to find more shows and content like this one. While there, you can stream us live or check out our jukebox. And if you like what you hear, consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. We are Mendocino County Public Broadcasting, listener-supported community radio. KZYX, Philo, 90.7 FM, KZYZ, Woolitz and Ukiah, 91.5 FM, and Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. Thanks for listening.